G'day guys and girls and welcome to this week's edition of the Extended Bench Podcast. My name's Christian and as always on the other side of the desk is my mate Matt. How are you today mate? I am pretty pumped. Um... Only pretty pumped though. Oh, well, it was, it was well, no, it was a good weekend. Good weekend. I didn't watch much footy, um, but no, on the other were... hand, I had a very relaxing weekend away on oh, holidays. Off so... with the misses yep. up in uh, up in the what? Durian Bay was it? Yep. Oh. So very relaxing. So I've only got minimal input to add in tonight. Um... That's just a massive handball off to me, by the way. <laughs> uh, just because I spent all weekend on the couch watching football does not mean I have to do extra so work. That's perfect. Then you can do all the talking, <laughs> and I can just ask you the tricky questions. Yeah, that's fair enough, actually. Well, we're going to jump straight into round two's action because there is a lot to talk about. There's a mm-hmm. lot of fantasy footy relevance out there. So I guess if we have to, we'll dive straight into Thursday night's game, which was Richmond <laughs> versus Magpies. And what a segue from footy rele- from fantasy relevance. Oh, my because God. Because there was not a lot of fantasy relevance in this game. This game is just... I mean, the title of our first uh, first podcast <laughs> of the year was uh, take it with a grain of salt. I actually really like that because we really should have had some sort of drinking game for the amount of times one or both of us said that. That's how we're going to be naming our podcast <laughs> from now on, by the way. Every every time we have a phrase that we say way too often, we will call that or we will make that the title of the podcast and okay. we will probably try and have a drinking game going next time. But Alrighty. the point is Richmond, Collingwood, look, you can't read into this game at all for the long it term. It was that one-sided. Like... How many was it? Was it? 17 Collingwood players had more fantasy points than the highest scoring Richmond player. Oh my god. Who was Nankervis on? I think it was 18. And how many did we have? About 10 Collingwood players that broke the ton as well? Yes. Yeah, it's so just unheard of. Awesome for anyone that owned Collingwood players in any format of salary of our fantasy footy this weekend. But or salary cap, I guess. Salary cap, it's... draft, keeper, whatever. You would have been laughing. But um, not a lot of... It's got nothing. There's You can't yeah. read into this at all. I mean, Toby Nankervis was the highest scorer for Richmond with 82. It drops down to 75 from Jaden Short, and then it's just absolute garbage from there. Uh, I actually have to ask, how the hell did Brandon Ellis end up on 73? I don't know. He, he looked like he around. did nothing the whole game. He just chipped it around a little bit. He got in and under and got some handballs out towards the end of the game as well. Yeah, that doesn't push you up to 73, though. Nah, I, I'm, I'm not genuinely sure confused how. as to how he managed that. <laughs> it's a... Uh, one of those mysteries of maths, I guess. Dusty Martin, you have to offload. We told him, told you guys this last week. You have to offload yeah. him. Yeah, um, he just, just looks awful. You got to get rid of him. Only fifty-seven, only eighteen touches. And look, if you're a no draft, tackles, if you're a draft owner of any of these guys in uh, in Richmond colours, don't stress too much. Look, again, you can't take this game seriously. Just move on. Next week, they should be better. But again, they are on a fantasy-relevant side, Richmond, so you shouldn't have a lot of these guys in your draft teams anyway. Probably the top few that scored are the ones that you'd really be paying attention to anyway. Um, I suspect that Josh Caddy will come back this week in place of Rewalt. Mm -hmm. He is one that has some draft relevance, um, but beyond that, I wouldn't really be paying too much attention to. And on the Collingwood side of the ledger, I mean... Adam Trelaw was terrific. Uh, there were so many players that were amazing. It was just a fantasy-friendly game. These two teams are the exact polar <laughs> opposites of each other in terms of fantasy scoring. Collingwood is the most fantasy-friendly side in the competition by such a long way. I mean, there's a couple of teams catching up to them at the moment. But then on the other end of the spectrum, Richmond, while they might be... Well, they should be a solid team on paper, uh, and they would hopefully improve from a 0-2 and two start... Yeah. 
they are an awful fantasy this side. This was an absolutely bizarre outing, though. So, yeah, um, yeah you can't read too much into no. it. Good, Good to see Brody Gun- Grundy bounce back. Brody Gundy. Brody Gundy. Uh, <laughs> Brody Grundy, he bounced back with 112. He didn't meet his break even, but we said last week it doesn't matter. Yeah, he's a keep for the whole year. They're anyway, going so. to be busting out, you know, 100-plus scores probably for the rest of the season, him and Gorn. So yeah. I wouldn't be stressing about playing the break-even game with these guys yeah. unless you don't have them. If you started without them... Um, and we'll cover this now rather than go into it when we get to Gorn. Yep. Both of them, their break-even is at a point where they might make it next week, but it's probably well, It's 150 for uh, for Grundy, and it's about 133 for Gorn. Yeah, 146 for Grundy. I hadn't actually checked his. Um, Gorn's is 133. You wouldn't think he'll get that. No, So they're both going to drop yet. in price. So you can keep waiting for another few weeks before you look at them. Mm-hmm. Uh, just some of the other players. I mean, Maine is on a lot of waiver wires. Don't trust Chris Maine. He's a centre only. I I wouldn't be picking him up. If he had back or forward flexibility, I'd be very keen. But as a centre only, no thank you. Have you seen enough from him yet to suggest he might get DPP in... Um no, I, I wouldn't say so. He is playing on a, on the wing a fair bit, it looks like, so I, I wouldn't say that he'd be getting DPP status. I agree. Uh, anything to get excited about from Ruffhead or Myocek? Nope, nope. It's just they were chipping the ball around that much. Ruffhead had 13 marks. He's not doing that every game. There's absolutely zero chance that that is happening. Yep, agree 100%. Yeah. Move on? Yeah, let's move on from that. What was the second game of the round? That was Essendon and St. Kilda? No, it was Swans and Crows. Oh, it was too. There we go. So my, I'm just on the uh, the fan footy website and live ads are absolutely killing me. They just <laughs> pop up as movies and you can't click off of them for about 20 seconds. Oh my God. All right, so Sydney versus Adelaide. This was... I mean, a great game, if just for the fact of watching Paul Seedsman's long-range goal. Oh, that was incredible. That was amazing. It's, did you see that that didn't make the top three goals for the round? I did hear that, yes. It's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, there were a lot of good goals this round, don't get me wrong, and I don't know if I could kick any of the top three off, but how they didn't just make it a top four oh, for this one week. It was amazing, that goal. All right, so we'll get into it. Sydney Swans... I mean, there were a couple of really good. Uh, Jake Lloyd does what Jake Lloyd does. You need to move Lock towards for the owning top him. Defender of the year, one hundred percent. With him, he you have to get him in at some point, but it will take a few weeks for you to get there. Yeah, uh, Josh Kennedy came back with a strong performance. So did Luke Parker. Yep. These guys are draft guys only. You shouldn't be ca- targeting them in salary cap leagues, though. Even the most diehard Sydney fans wouldn't be doing that. Agreed. Uh, there's a massive drop off in terms of points from there. It got yeah. They scored a hundred from Parker. And then 82 was the next best score from Dane Rampey. That's a big drop-off, and Sydney aren't scoring particularly well this year. Isaac Heaney yeah. is a player that a lot of people expected to do well this year, be perhaps a top forward. I was one of them. Yeah, he's um, he scored 58. Well, the thing was, I was expecting that he would move into the midfield, but they're having to play him as a deep forward because they've just got no other options besides Buddy. Oh, my God. clearly not 100% yet. The amount of stupidity that is going on in the Sydney just uh, the the coaches lines to think that they should be playing Mills as a back and Heaney as a forward when they clearly desperately need help in the well, midfield they got smashed in the midfield that's so the thing they're getting smashed in there maybe if they win oh. the ball so they can get it into someone rather than have someone waiting there for the ball that never materializes i know and some of the players that they're putting into the midfield don't get me wrong papley has been quite good very good in the we midfield do like i would Papa say papley. but he needs a better midfield he could play as a forward heaney could move 
into the midfield. Hell, Ryan Clark, who again was <laughs> shocking this week, yes. is traditionally a back, a halfback who goes in through the midfield. He could take Mills's role, but no, Ryan Clark is being played as a lead-up forward for 50% of the fucking game. It just beggars belief, and it really has me thinking that Longmire might be the worst coach going around for fantasy footy, because <laughs> it just seems like he doesn't know what he's doing this year. He might pull it together, but it's qu- think, frankly quite shocking what he's doing Longmire's with some of these positions. Longmire has always been very inflexible on game day, so he does his best work during the week, and then on game day, what you see is kind of what you get. I so get that. If, they, if Clark is starting the game at full forward... He's likely to stay there the whole day. Well, there was a lot of the game. And, I mean, again, I, I got to back him because he's, <laughs> he was my pick for breakout player of the year. I but... <laughs> got to ha- break it to you. I don't think that's going to happen. That is absolutely not All happening. Right. So, are there any swans that you would be looking at in any formats? Not at the moment. And I'm moving on to Adelaide. Yeah. Uh, Adelaide, there... there is a couple that you'd be Oh, yeah, at. there's a few. I mean, the Crouch brothers are obvious. Uh, Brad Crouch in salary cap leagues, he's just a hold for a while. His break-even's in the mid-40s. So he's got a lot of cash to make you still. He does. Um, and he's going to score very well while doing it. So he, well, he's averaging close to a premium price, uh, premium player at the moment. He's averaging 109. So yeah, that's. His break even is 46. Absolutely he's incredible. Nice and cheap still. Uh, Rory so. Sloan again knocked out 110, was exceptional. Now I want to talk about Sloan. Mm-hmm. At what point do you think the tags start to go to him? Oh, very soon. Very this soon. This week, you reckon? Yeah, absolutely. They play. They, Collingwood on Thursday. Levi night. Greenwood is going straight to Sloan. If Levi Greenwood doesn't Sorry, go to Sloan, that Geelong. is Geelong. Oh, Geelong. Geelong on Thursday night. Oh, do they have a recognised tagger? Geelong? I don't think so. Not at the moment. So there's a chance that he might get off again this week. Yeah, unless one of the young guys, like, a, like, like maybe a constable, a constable or someone, yeah. is the one that I'm thinking of, which is going to affect his fantasy scoring. But constable. I'm not sure if it would be a hard tag or just a pay attention. Atkins to him. actually is a, a possible. Uh, Tom Atkins from Geelong yeah. could, uh, could lock down on him. But then again, this is all speculation, and at the moment, Sloan is scoring like an absolute champion. If he's not playing a team with a lockdown tagger, which Geelong don't have a specific one, he should be fine again this week. There's no right. issue. So would you look at bringing him in this week in salary cap? No, not... But- I mean... All right, yeah. If uh, if I was looking for a premium midfielder, yes, I wouldn't mind that. But there are better options for me. Cool. Um, so we mentioned the Crouch brothers. Great stuff. The uh, should we do the Adelaide halfback uh, Let's roundup? Let's do it because this is fun. We did this last year with Collingwood uh, when they had Sharonberg and Crisp. And so we'll go with a <laughs> so Brody Smith ninety one, mm-hmm. Wayne Miller eighty nine. Rory Laird, 83. Oh, that's, that's a different so, count to me. Uh, Wayne Miller actually had 95. Um, ah, okay. Yeah, so that's that's interesting. But I probably trust yours because I think from memory that's actually what came up on mine. Yeah, so well. ni- 95 to Miller, 91 to Smith, and Rory Laird had 83. So solid scoring. Laird was down, obviously. I think he was tagged, though. But uh, he had a defensive forward on him. Mm-hmm. For me, though, the key... Takeaway is all three can exist in the same half. They can. And Brody Smith, good to see a bounce back after a poor week yes, last which week. Which we were expecting. Yep. He's, uh, his break even's 40, um, low 40s, I believe. So he is going to be making you cash. I'll tell you. Could hopefully score well on your uh, in the back line as well. Brody Smith, break even of 44. Mm-hmm. Miller, a break even of 69. Yeah. So Miller is. Uh, is probably if you started with Miller like you, I did you hang on to him you hang on moment. to him but probably only for another couple of weeks yeah. unless he pumps out a big score and pushes mm-hmm. that down but then he's going to be a perfect um, very early 
guy you can use as a stepping stone. Exactly. And there's a lot of those mid-prices that are going to be reaching you know, their capacity within the next two to three weeks, maybe even four weeks. So those are the guys that you might look to trade one down to a rookie coming in and bump the other one up and bank the cash. Absolutely. And you can generally move them on before the rookies because the rookies haven't finished fattening up yet. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we're, we're not making too much of Rory Laird. He'll bounce back next week, no question. Uh I don't think there's anyone else I want to bring up. I Although I do want to mention that if anyone's going to be uh, dropped from this side, Chase Jones was no, just... I mean, he's a, he's a rookie. He's a young gun. He's going to be very good. But if you've got him in your team, just be very, very careful. He doesn't have the job security yet. And he's had two poor scores as yeah, well. Yeah, I'm not sure who they would bring in for him. The one that springs to mind is Hugh Greenwood because he can play that yep. forward role, but I don't think he's had enough match conditioning yet. No, I so think that I reckon... when he's ready to go, he'll be a straight swap. So though. I think he... Jones is probably safe for another week or so. Yeah, um, Richie Douglas as well when he comes back in, but yeah. he's, he's a couple of weeks away. Yeah. Sam Jacobs, mm-hmm. um, 63, but apparently he had a bit of an injury through the game. So yeah. it's... for those draft players that own him. We, we all know at the moment that there's really only two... I mean, and Steph Martin, now that he's sort of dropped away in terms of scoring, there really are just the two top-end Ruckman. And that's that's it going around. So if you don't have Grundy and Gorn in your side by the end of the year, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> um, all right, so Essendon versus St. Kilda. This one... I mean, this was just a shambles from Essendon. Again, they were poor. One of the funniest things I've seen all year was the walk-off. <laughs> the, the walk-off was, I didn't see it, but I heard about it. It was brilliant. It's just Kyle Langford getting told by the sports scientist <laughs> or someone else that it was his turn for a rotation. Okay. He's going, eh, fuck it. Yeah, sure. Walks <laughs> off. Jack Lodi just sprints away because no one's on the mark. That's uh, brilliant. Oh, it's fantastic. In terms of fantasy scoring, though, Hurley top scored for the Bombers. He ain't doing that every week. He's not racking up 14 marks regularly. Although, if Essendon play the way that they did this game, it the will ball's be. going to be going in there mm. a lot. So, I, I agree. He won't be going 103 every week. Yeah. But he could bounce back to that, was it the 90 that he averaged a couple of years ago? Possibly. If oh, they continue to play poorly. Yeah. Um, uh, Dylan Shield, Merritt, Heppel, Devin Smith, they had okay scores without being particularly good. Mm. Uh, Dylan Shield, it's good to see. And... He's never really shown enough to say that he would push up plus 100 average. I still don't think he's going to do that this year, but there are a lot of draft owners out there hoping. So we'll see what happens yeah, for the rest I'm of the year. I'm not convinced that he will. No, he's just, couple... he doesn't have the game style. He's not a, an accumulating player. Yeah. Um, so 99 from Zach Merritt. Is that enough for you to feel comfortable with him? Because I know last week we pretty much wrote him off in all formats. Yeah, I, I'm i still writing him up. The only format I would pick him up in is salary cap when he's super, super cheap. As like, Because when these mid-prices do fatten up and they... You know, I'm assuming players like Dom Sheed, Tom Liberatore, those sorts of guys, you're not going to want them in your final team. No. But when they do fatten up, maybe Zach Merritt has lost enough cash that you can actually make $150,000 by trading. So you're assuming at some point he will turn it around and and pick up the consistency. I'm hoping so. I mean, uh, Steele was sort of um, stuck with Zach Merritt for most of the game, and that was a bit frustrating. Moving on to talk about a St. Kilda player here. Mm. Um, Jack Steele was good still with a 96, but we talked him up as a salary cap player. player last week yes. and having him play as a tagger uh, because 
Gresham absolutely spent more time in the middle and Blake Akers came back into the team last week. Mm. That could be very detrimental for his scoring long term. Yeah, having said that, the fact that he got 96 as a tagger is He's still a, pretty decent. Yeah. So there but... have been taggers historically who do score well, but does that mean it limits his ceiling? Like, a tag is not getting 110 plus regularly. Absolutely, it does. Um, so if you, like again, like me, started him in uh, salary cap, his break even is 99 this week. So it's not urgent that you do anything about him. No. But watch him closely next week. Yeah, 100%. Um, so there's there's no- one more Essendon player that I want to... Just before we move on, yeah. ...briefly mention. And this is... Um, he doesn't have low enough ownership to to qualify for risk it, but I thought I'd just throw him out there anyway. All right. So in Ultimate Footy League... Suspense, I like it. 57% owned. Scores of 76 and 83 to start the year. Mm. Adam Saad. Adam Saad? Yeah... Now, he's not a guy that he was. we historically like for fantasy because yep. he doesn't have consistency and he's flashy. Yeah. But those are two good scores to start the year for a backman. Yeah, they are. If, and, and backmen are always difficult to find a decent fourth or fifth defender. Mm-hmm. So I don't hate having a bit of a punt on Saad just with the amount of ball that's back there, the way they're playing at the moment. He's getting a lot of rebounds and they like it in his hands. So... Yeah. Um, could do worse. Yeah, I, I don't mind it, uh, particularly in your very deep leagues, like you were saying, your drafts. Um, yeah. yeah, there's not many other Essendon players, so I'm going to move on to the Saints. Mm-hmm. Marshall was great, and even though he got injured at um, at the late stages of the game, he was terrific, and he looked great in the JLT. I don't know why he was dropped for round one, to be honest. I'm not sure either. I think he's the way they need to, to go. 100%. I mean, he had 21 hitouts. Uh, he it could was do the job up forward as well. Very solid around the ground. It had eight tackles, which is huge for the pressure. Um I don't know why they bought... What was the uh, the other Ruckman? I forget his name. Um, Lewis the American, Pierce. Nah, Lewis Pierce. That's it. Um, why they bought him in from basically no game time in the JLT, I have no idea. Yeah, not sure. No. Nah. We'll, uh, we'll move on from um, there. But Gresham was much more solid after being talked up in the preseason. This is more yeah, of the game I wanted to see. Interestingly, Gresham and Billings, both in the 90s, playing yeah. midfield. Yeah, as sort of... I'm not super impressed with Jack Billings, but it's an improvement from last week. He... I'm not quite sure what's going on with Billings at the moment. I'd say if you have other things to fix up in your salary cap teams this week, you can hold Billings for another week or two and see what's happening. Yeah. Do you want me to check his break even? I think he's basically at his break even. Oh, okay. Um, I'll, I'll check anyway. I would because I, I cannot be trusted for stats. Um, so, yeah, I think you can hold on to him if you don't have, or if you do have a few other things to fix up. But if you don't and you were looking to get in players like Warple or like Boak, these sorts of guys, or Kelly, you know, Billings is definitely a candidate for that because he doesn't look like he's all of a sudden going to push up an average 105-ish. No, no. Break even of 89. Yeah, there we go. So he's basically on what his average is anyway. So if you've got him, you can hold him for another week. He's not urgent. And see what happens because maybe he pumps out 120. We don't know, but it doesn't look like it, to be honest. Um, Matty Parker put in another very solid score. He's going to keep raking in some cash for you. Shane Savage has been down this year, and he's one that I thought would straight away... Yeah... And really benefit from that new rule. Yeah, I was expecting he'd benefit a lot from it. And the other guy was um, Jimmy Webster. I was actually mm. expecting to take another step this year. Absolutely. And hasn't, just hasn't done it. I Maybe they're sharing it around too much. Maybe they're moving it 
very, very quickly, or maybe it's not getting down there because they've had two easier games, realistically, that they've had solid wins in, and yeah. the ball hasn't been in defence as much. That's my theory, and it's probably a good segue to say that both of their games have been easier to start the year, mm-hmm. so even though we're spruiking a few of their players... Uh, don't buy into it too much just yet. Let's... You were going to say take it with a grain of salt, weren't you? Yes. You were absolutely going to say it. <laughs> I was, yes. <laughs> um, they've got Freo this week, so it should be another, another good, easy good game. scoring game. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, just tread carefully. See what happens there. All right, I think we should move on to the next game because there's not too much else I want to talk about from the Saints' point of view. So we've got the Power and the Blues. And it it was a pretty close game, to be honest, the entire way through. But the Power did get their noses in front at the end and stayed there. Um, Yep, the Blues have actually impressed me this year. The the Blues? Yeah, they have. Um, I mean, the Power have as well, obviously. Yeah, for sure. Um, Now... What when I mentioned earlier that there were some teams nipping at the heels of Collingwood in terms of fantasy being one of the more fantasy mm-hmm. relevant teams, for some reason now, all of a sudden, it seems to be the power that is that way. The power are a very fantasy relevant team at the moment. Across the first two weeks of the year, i got to agree with you. It is outstanding. So, uh, alright, we'll talk about the man off the top of the list, Travis Boak. <laughs> now, yes. We mentioned last week that there were three players that you need to look at getting into your team. There were three top-line players. So, one in the back line was Nick Newman. Yeah. One we'll in get the, you in a sec. Yeah. One in the forward line was this man, Travis, Travis Boak. And one in the midfield was... Rockliffe. Rockliffe. So... Who will also get you in a sec. Absolutely. absolutely. all three in this game. Now, I made the decision last week to go, no, I'm going to give Dunkley one more week. I'm not going to get mm. rid of... I'm not going to bring Boak in. I'll see what Dunkley does. I'll bring in Nick Newman for Witherden, which in in its own was a fine trade because Nick Newman should still make a little bit of money. I think he'll bounce back after this. We'll talk about yeah. that more in a and, second. And Witherden didn't go huge. And so Witherden is still is not like going huge. Points. That's it. That's nothing. But the difference in trade <coughs> of going Nick Newman, who scored 66, to Boak, who scored 138, was massive for my final score. So... Yes. These trades, these weekly trades are big, and Boak is someone that you desperately need to get into your side. He's playing 100% midfield time. He's still technically underpriced this week. I mean, if he keeps scoring like this, he'll be underpriced for a few more weeks, (laughs) but he's still cheapish this week. Absolutely. You can can pick him up. I think he's just on 700k or something 717k. There we go. His break even is... Where did he go? 52. 52. So, so he's, he's still got still plenty of money to make. Very We're, underpriced. But I'm not talking about that money as in you're going to get rid of him later because if he keeps scoring, even at an average of 100, he's a very keepable forward oh, for the rest of the year. Every, especially considering how Dunkley and um, Heaney are smuggling Billings as well. Billings is To, to a lesser extent. Um, there's a very good chance that he's going to be top six or at least top eight at the end of the year. It's a great POD. So, so Well, he's if, not going to be a POD this week. That's for damn sure. He's owned by about... I think it's 18% of teams at the moment. I guess what I'm saying is if he's top eight rather than top six, mm-hmm. he might end up being a POD True. again at the end of the year. Hopefully. Regardless, you we'll want see. him in, this is the week to do it. Well, he's a top. He's the top averaging player in fantasy football at the moment with 141 average over two rounds. You yeah. need to get him in. It's just Absolutely. that simple. Um, some of the other players, Brad Ebert was terrific. And again, actually, he was very good. Ebert, 109 and 121. Yeah. And we were fooled into thinking he played... Key forward this year. Well, technically, he was playing up forward a fair bit. Uh, he kicked three goals, one. So that's where he's getting some of his points from this year. 
I'm but, not sure what to make of it because yeah. Brad Ebert's one of the players that I would more likely say is going to spud it up all of a sudden. <laughs> that is his history, yes. But yeah, we'll, we'll have to see, to be honest. Um, Tommy Rockliffe. Awesome. Again, you have to have him in your side. He was captainable this week with and scored 115 in the end. Uh, I know I put the captaincy on him Me this too. week. Me too. Um, we were expecting a little bit bigger, but one thing to mention here in the game is after halftime, because Tom Rockliffe was on about 78 or 82 at halftime, <laughs> they stuck Setterfield on him, and Setterfield did a very good job at closing him down. So he only scored, what? what's that, 78 to 115, about 30, Odd. 35 yeah. points, something like that. Um, so... Keep that in mind that Tom Rockliffe might bear the brunt of some taggers, especially if he starts off games like this regularly, because he does rack up Absolutely. possessions. But where he's priced at the moment, it doesn't matter. Oh, it does matter. You need to it get him matter. in your side. What I Like what I said before round one, don't go into it expecting he's Tom Rockliffe mm-hmm. of old, even though that's what he's delivering at the moment. Yep. Go into it saying he's a, just, he's a $699,000 mm-hmm. midfielder. Who has a break even of fifty? Yeah, but uh, the other thing to mention is I am worried about Will Setterfield scoring if Me he too. keeps that tagging role because he was very yes. good at it. So I would be if you have someone like Parker on your bench, I would bench Setterfield this week for Parker. Interesting against Fremantle. Interesting. I would. I would be very They're tempted to do that. Oh, yeah. Saints so are Parker playing Fremantle. Fremantle. Yeah, Parker versus Fremantle compared to the Blues have got the Suns. I think. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Is it the Suns? Let me just check that, that. That's very interesting because who does he tag from the Suns? Does he go to... I mean, he won't go no, to Took sorry, Miller. it's not the Suns. It is Sydney. Oh, so they'll sit him on someone like Luke Parker or Josh Kennedy maybe. So mm. I I would maybe be benching uh, Setterfield for Parker this week. Uh, and we'll get to Setterfield in a sec. But yeah. um, um, yeah. So some of the other players. Scotty Lysett's having a great start to the year. He's actually putting himself up in calculations for the, that third best Ruckman, which was... Um, I because as long as I said last week, and you shouted me down. As long as he doesn't play the tagging role, so if he's playing Collingwood or Melbourne, mm-hmm. he will not score. He absolutely won't score. I'm almost positive that's exactly the case that I put to you last week. Maybe you did. And you, maybe I needed to see one round. Shouted me down. Maybe I needed to see one more round, Matt. I will agree with you. I just want to point out the fact that you seem to have tried to switch the tables here a little bit over the course of one weekend. Just because I didn't watch many games doesn't mean you're going to. Get away with it, flipping on a dime, my friend. That's what I do. Um, Oh, we just got to see the scores up. Is is all. Um, So some of the other scorers there are, you know, your draft guys that are are middling sort of scorers like Darcy Burn Jones, Stephen Motlop. I wouldn't be trusting. Dersma again looks a gun. Start him on your field. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. He's been on my field all year, and he will continue to be on my field until he's probably rested from the team. To be honest, Brisbane this week as well. Um, and same with Willem Drew. Yep. I mean, they both just look like absolute guns. Connor Rosie's deserving of a starting spot if you begun the year with him. Yep. You can't bring him in now because he was overpriced at the start, yeah, realistically. He's, he's way too overpriced <coughs> now. So if you started him, good job. If you didn't, don't go chasing the points. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, two injuries. Uh, Carl Amon, who we know isn't really a fantasy guy, but Jack Watts was looking very, very good at the start of the year. Yeah. Um, and had a very good uh, majority of this game before he... I think he's broke his ankle? Uh, yeah, he <coughs> broke his fibula and dislocated his ankle quite So badly. he's out for some time. So well, the word is possibly the year. Oh, that's so unlucky. Because he was yeah. just starting off a good campaign after a good JLT. So, yeah. 
Unfortunate. Uh, we'll move to the Blues because we have spent a lot of time we on the do, power. Very, very quickly. Ugh. The resurgence of Ryan Burton continues. It Solid continues. 80. Yeah. 80. So, for those of you who held him in keepers, good job. Well done. Yeah, pat and on we'll the back. On. Good job. Um, so, Carlton, Cripps does what Cripps does, and then massive yep. drop off to Paddy Dow, who was the next biggest scorer with 85. Again, though, Paddy Dow and Walsh, really good youngsters. I mean, Walsh we all know about, but Paddy Dow was terrific last week, we thought. Yeah. And he moved, he. Uh, sort of worked his way into the game even yep. better this week. He had a really slow start, but he really built. I still feel I would only really be looking at him in keeper leagues at this stage. Mm-hmm. Redraft leagues, I might have him on my watch list, but I wouldn't necessarily go out and use a waiver pick on him just yet, yep, if like he it. is available. Yeah. Um, SPS was solid as well. And pretty much the same story. Mm-hmm. Uh, the interesting one for me was Michael Gibbons. Picked himself up a bit and had a better game this week with 66. He's still going to keep making you cash His on your bench. break-even is negative 5 in AFL Fantasy. Yeah. So keep him on your bench. Don't play him on the field. But he's going to keep ticking the cash over. Yeah, absolutely. And really slow start to the year for our boy, Zach Fisher. So, so he had an 85, which we thought was going... He's going to build yeah. into that. 65 this week. He was definitely working a lot outside. And I didn't like the fact that he had a almost 50-50 split between kicks and handballs. He should be a kicking player. He should have a... You know, 75% of his disposal should, should be, be kicks. Yeah, but where he's at, he's not going to dominate every week. Yeah. So he, he, again, is a... Um, a keeper guy who, if you're playing him on the field, it's just because you really like yeah. him or you haven't got other options. Yes, and speaking of keeper guys, Charlie Kernow's gone and got himself injured for a few weeks. Yep. Um, I think it was three weeks from what I heard with bone bruising, mm-hmm. so you need to get him out of your starting teams. Just quickly on Will Setterfield, is there anything else you want to... Uh, break even at 15, so like you said, you don't have to move him on just yet, but stick him on your bench, play Parker ahead of him. Yeah. Uh, Nick Newman... 66. Mm-hmm. Uh, what we found, oh, interestingly, yeah, yeah. is what people did in the JLT series does seem to reflect quite well it what's does, happened actually. so far. It really does. And Nick Newman's gone with a massive score, <coughs> like he did in JLT 1, and yep. then he's gone missing in another game. So yep. I'm, th- I think he bounces back this week. Uh, considering that they're playing the... Um, the Swans. The Swans. Uh, I and it is a small ground. The ball gets pumped into the forward line a little bit. I yeah. suspect he will pl- he will bounce back, not a massive bounce back, but I reckon he'll have a decent game. Yeah, I think he'll do better. Um, I so think if you brought him in, don't panic and get rid of him immediately. His break even's eighty. I think he's going to meet that. He's going to get, I reckon, about a ninety or so. So he might still make you a little bit of cash, and hopefully he can pump out another big score to reset his break-even. Would be terrific. Agreed. Um, all right, we'll move on to the next game, which was the Cats and Demons, and this was just a slaughtering. I don't know what the Demons are doing at the moment. Um, they're getting in their own heads, is what they're doing. They are, and they're just—I mean, the, the conversions were ridiculous. The Thirty entries for four behinds or something like that, and then the Cats went in ten times for eight goals. It's, <laughs> it's just ridiculous. stupid. So we'll, that, uh, that is what Melbourne do. They win by weight of numbers, not mm-hmm. by efficiency. And it's yeah. been that way for a couple of years now. That, that is true. Um, their a lot their of, whole game plan is built on possession. Yeah, and, and Which is why they're great for fantasy. And contested ball as well, which isn't so efficient. But yeah, some of their uh, some of their really efficient players need to stand up. You know, your Salem's, your Petrarca's. Salem's doing very well, but mm. uh, Hibbard's, those skilled players just aren't pulling their weight. Well, shall we start with Melbourne since we've already sort of touched yeah, we, on it? Yeah, we may as well. Right. So they, Hibbard, if... You got him in a draft league, and mm-hmm. you were expecting him to bounce back. He is He's not. not bouncing back. He is. Cut him loose. Shit. Dead weight. Absolute rubbish. Um, so it's just continuance on from last year. We can look back fondly at those old days yep. where they had a couple of great seasons, but it's it's not happening and anymore. And particularly with 
Um, Stephen May injuring his groin and expected to be out for at least this mm. week, possibly longer. It just means that Hibbert's going to have to play more of a lockdown role. Yeah, it's really unlucky. Uh, Clayton Oliver, Brayshaw, Viney, Gorn, all bounce back. We know that they're guns. Jack Viney less so. He's more of a draft guy. But Oliver and Brayshaw, absolutely. We yeah. told you to keep them, and hopefully you kept them. Yep. But uh, then again, you know, if you desperately needed to get Rocky into your side... If you did it as a cash grab, it's, you haven't really lost anything. No, it's not the worst idea, but I mean... It just goes to show why you don't trade premiums out after one bad game. Exactly. Give them a few games and see if there's a pattern there, see if there's a role change. Only then move them on. Don't get tempted by the, you know... The don't chase points. Two trades every week in AFL Fantasy. That's the big thing. Um, so... I think that's all the Melbourne players I want to talk about. Uh, Jay Lockhart looked really good in the first quarter and then went completely unsighted for the rest of the game, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, is, do you think he's in danger of losing his spot? There's a possibility. Uh, I, you picked Marty I, Hall last week. Is, yeah. Is Lockhart going to be the guy this week? I think they keep Lockhart in the side because I think it, Tom Sparrow might lose his spot if anyone's going to uh, mm-hmm. because he's had a couple of you know underwhelming games. Uh they can't just keep rookie rouletting the entire time that because that doesn't send a message to some of the players, you know, the senior players who are underperforming. And there are a lot of them who are clearly underperforming. Yep. Like if you want to drop someone, you can drop someone like uh, a Michael Hibbard, or you can drop someone like a, a Sam Frost, or uh, mm-hmm. you know, someone of that. They can't drop Frost because I'm not sure they've got any no, other true. key defenders. But hell, I don't Hibbert, like. They probably could. I don't overly like it, but you could drop like a, a Tom McDonald or a Christian Petrarca just to send a message. Um, yeah, I, I don't think they can drop. McDonald. Yeah, I suppose it's they too can't. Crucial to their yeah. structure. And Petrarca, they need that s- some skill. They need. If he can bring it together, he can win you a game. It's really tough yeah, for the I think demons. you're right, though. Sparrow might be in danger. But yeah. I agree. I think, I think Lockhart, holds, Lockhart his holds his spot this week. So uh, if you brought him in, don't stress. He's going to make you Just play him money. on your bench. He'll be fine. Yeah. Um, and like we said, Gorn, break even at 133. Um, so if you've got him, hang on to him. If you don't have him, wait because he's going to be dropping. Exactly. Uh, Geelong. So And Geelong had a terrific game from a fantasy point of view as well. Danger was terrific. We, I mean, we know he's going to be the best or the second best forward going... Mm-hmm. Uh, throughout the entire year. Uh, Tim Kelly again turned it on. So he is the number two forward target after Boke. All right. I will tell you right now that I'm leaving, unless there's any last-minute injuries or issues like that, I have Dunkley and I have Billings in my forward line. I am going straight to uh, Dunkley to Boke, and I'm going Billings to Kelly, and that actually leaves me with 80k in the bank. Nice. Yeah, um, I'm going Dunkley to Kelly this week. Yeah, so that I'm fixing up my forward line from what I perceive to be the premiums at the going forward. Like yeah. we've seen enough of a sample size. Yeah, okay, uh, Kelly is playing midfield. He mm-hmm. is going to be one of the the top eight. Yeah forwards at the end of the year and that's being conservative yeah so I'm I'm looking to get both of those guys in this week Boke and Kelly they're two of my top targets uh, yeah. Mitch Duncan was again solid Dalhouse has been good I want to talk about Dalhouse Dalhouse has been good 98 and 107 I was expecting he'd be playing as a lockdown small forward he, he is a little bit. He's play, He got two goals in this game. He got 11 tackles, a lot through forward pressure. But he's scoring he's playing, better from it than I expected. He's better than just a lockdown yes. small forward, though, is my point. He's not playing as, as a tagging forward. He's playing as a pressure forward who from, who's finding more of the ball and getting into better spaces. Yeah. I, Would you look at him? Because in drafts, he's going to be gone. Yeah, no, of course, of course. Would you look at him in salary camp? No. Better. I am tempted if you already have all those key guys... Mm, for who though? 
as a quick cash grab of if, some if, sort. If I mean, I think Dullhouse is a similar price to Warple. So if you have Warple and those three guys that we mentioned, Danger, Boak, and Kelly, mm. you've loaded your forward line if you can cash grab because you've obviously got another premium. Like most forward lineups yeah, will be essentially three premiums of some variety with Danger, Boak, you know, Billings, Dunkley, those guys that we would have started the mm. year off with. Warple um, as your sort of mid-pricer. Or, and then two rookies generally. And they mm. seem to be um, you know, Drew and Setterfield at the moment yeah. on the fields. It, there's a lot of similarities. Teams are getting very, very similar the, this year. The forward lines are virtually identical. So I wouldn't be doing Warpool sideways swap because he's too good. And he's uh, still got money to and make. Exactly, yeah. got plenty of money to make. And with the other two, you're, you know, what are you doing? I mean, if you've got Dunkley and you're thinking of going down to Dalhouse, that's not the worst idea if you want to be different. Mm. But I wouldn't be going, you know... Yeah, I guess I wouldn't be picking him over any of those other guys. Yeah. So, so yeah, you probably you'd look for your PODs on a different line at this yeah, stage. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be grabbing Dalhouse this yeah. week. Um, Constable, oh, God, he was so good. Hopefully he keeps this going and doesn't get, like, a tagging role like we mentioned earlier because the youngsters seem to occasionally. Yeah, fingers crossed, but he's started the year amazingly. Yeah. And Tom Stewart, you picked this up last week that he was... Terrific, and uh, he could continue this on. He absolutely has with 115. Interested? Could you do it? Inter- I wouldn't do it. No. Um, could he eke his way into top eight calculations for the backline? Possibly. Big call. Big call. Possibly. The backline, I haven't seen enough yet. Yeah, I wouldn't be. Wouldn't particularly be with Witherden's start to the year. Kate Simpson's been a bit up and down. There's a few of those mainstay type guys that we were pretty sure would be in and around the conversation that a little bit underwhelming at the moment, yeah. and we could pick up very cheap on the back end. So yeah. you know, if Witherden turns it around with a couple of good scores, he'd be very cheap in a month's but time. Tom Stewart, I don't know, like I don't know what his price or his break even is. He could be a good stepping stone, depending where they're at at the moment, though. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Not uh, I. I, I don't. Wouldn't I going, wouldn't be doing. I it. wouldn't be going him. No. Um. So and Jordan Clark, like I think he was on about twelve at halftime or something. He terrible. Came very strong. Came home like an absolute sixty-six. Champ. Uh, do you know when Tui's due back? Uh, I think he's due back in the next couple of weeks. Because the risk was always that Clark would go out when Tui comes back in. I think he's probably done enough to hold his spot yeah. for the time being. Although oh. having said that. Lockie Henderson smashed it in the VFL on the weekend, mm-hmm. and Tui will come back in pretty quickly when he's yeah. fit. I, I still think that Clark should hold his spot. I mean, they're or they're going to do that thing where they say that they're rested when really they're bringing players in and yeah. just to spend time in the VFL, getting some you know games under their belt. I, I he deserves a spot in the starting twenty-two, but they do have a lot of performance. I agree. I think he deserves a spot, but I think in the next couple of weeks he might be edged out just because there's going to be other guys ahead of him in yeah. the pecking order. Yeah, agreed. So if if he is edged out when Tui comes in, for example, I'll trade him that week. because Agreed. Because I'm not sure exactly when he'll come back I'm in. I'm not waiting for injuries to strike. That's a, a really tough roller coaster to ride out. And uh, he's probably, of all the, the big-name rookies we've talked about, he's probably the one that's closest to maxing out as well. Yeah. Uh, I think we should move on to the West Coast Giants game from mm-hmm. here. We've spent a lot of time talking about Geelong. Uh, this was another, I mean, bit of a smashing, to be honest. After halftime, the Giants just couldn't put anything on the board. Mm-hmm. But you know who could put something on the board? And that was Lockie Whitfield. <laughs> 133. Yes. I don't think the West, the Eagles cared what he did. He They 
put a hard tag on another bloke we'll talk about in a minute. Mm-hmm. But Whitfield just ran around doing whatever the hell he wanted. I it would be Whitfield that they would tag. Yeah, so did I. I 100% thought it would be Whitfield. But they made the right decision in the end, fantasy-wise. And well, Whit- I mean, they won. Whitfield so had it a, worked. Whitfield had a absolute field day, and they still smashed the Giants. So maybe they're... You know, that sends a signal to the competition that you don't have to stop Whitfield. He'll just run with the ball. He's, I mean, a lot of people talk up his kicking, and I don't think he's the best kick in the world. He's more damaging, though, than Canelio is. I I beg to differ. Canelio is a ridiculously good player. Oh, I love him, but I just feel like Whitfield is a more damaging player. Clearly not. I mean, they (laughs) smashed him, and Whitfield had an absolute just gun day. So. True. That does worry me. of anyone on the day. Unless Kelly comes back this week, uh, that does worry me a little bit going forward for Canelio owners. I'm a Canelio owner in salary cap. Mm -hmm. Uh, Obviously, I'm keeping him. You expect him to bounce back. Oh, yeah. And I think he's going to be top eight at the end of the year. But it just means that he's likely to cop the tag now that teams know that he is susceptible. Um, He'll work through it, though. He's the sort of player that will. And Mark Hutchings is one of the better taggers going around in the comp, so it might just be that he was beaten by a very, very good tagger, and you're average to players who, you know, just get sat on another um, opposing player, yeah, yeah. they and, won't be able to stop The him. other thing too is Cogs wouldn't have a lot of experience at being tagged at AFL level because True. he is the tagger. Exactly. Um, so, Zach Williams had a really good bounce back with a solid 89, and I think he can go upwards from there. Mm-hmm. Interestingly enough, he was played in the forward line a lot. It was really? really interesting. I saw him up there a fair bit, so I, it's hard to pinpoint what they're doing with Zach Williams, mm. but... I, I want to see him again. To be honest, I don't really line. care where they're playing him because, so long as he keeps scoring because yeah. everyone owns him. Yeah, absolutely. So we're all in the same boat anyway. Um, Hopper and Taranto were down this week, but they're still going to be very solid draft guys. I was never sold on Tim Taranto from a salary cap point of view. Because, there, while, because there were so many other good mid-prices is the thing. If there wasn't yeah. that bevy of them, I would have been very intrigued. Yeah. But and there was just so many better choices. Yeah. That's why I ended up not starting with him. But yeah. he was very tempting for a while. He's, a, he's still a very young player. I think he's, what, 21? So yeah. it's hard to expect those kind of numbers regularly from him. Um, uh, yeah, we already talked about Canelio. I, I don't think there's anyone else I really want to highlight from there. Nick Haynes came back in with a solid 73. As could a be, forward? Yeah, could be interesting to have a look at in your very, very deep draft leagues. Yeah, I think he's enough of a name he may have been picked up. Yeah, possible. Uh, and if he's playing forward, I don't like his consistency as yeah. a scoring point. But mm-hmm. as a defender, he's generally good for about a 70 every week. Yeah. And he usually has a month or so where he goes nuts. Uh, on the West Coast side of the ledger, uh, Luke Shuey was just Norm Smith medal sort of form. He was dominant. Um, Dom Sheed, again, with 106. So his average is 118 at the moment. 133 after. and 106. Oh, he's looking really good. He's another one of those guys that, if you don't have him, I'd be looking at moving him in because he's still got cash to make. His, his break-even's in the low 40s, similar to Sloan, similar to um, uh, Rocky. Actually, no, Rocky, I think, is a little bit lower than that, to be honest. But, yeah, Dom Sheet is just looking like an absolute yeah, force this year. Break-even of 49, so he's still got a lot of money to make at mm. 614k. Yeah. For our draft owners, Tom Hickey bounced back. Good to see. 102. Just before we move on from Sheet, uh, yeah. um, this is the week that Gaff's due back. Do you feel that impacts on Sheet's scoring? No, see, the thing is, he played two JLT games with Gaff in the side. And as we were talking about before, because it was a shorter JLT mm-hmm. season... 
teams were more reflective of what they were going to do in the actual year. It wasn't just play all the rookies in a couple of games. Um, he played with Gaff. He still scored very well. I don't think it'll affect him too much. I, I tend to agree. I, I don't think he'll go 118 average. No, but, but... I think he'll go 100. Yeah, which, which is still makes massive. Money. I mean, that's... <laughs> the sad thing is, on my piece of paper, when we were doing our preseason <laughs> podcasts... I don't know if you remember, but I very last minute improvised and said that Ryan Clark was going to be my breakout player. The you player's Sheed, name that I had you? written down was Dom fucking Sheed. Well, that's unfortunate for you. Dom Sheed, written right there. <laughs> yeah, it, it is written. You don't have fucking written there, but it is written. I should have. Um, so I'm just going to regret that till the day I die. All right, so Sheed, I'll ask you a question because I'm tossing up with my second trade this week. Yeah. As a midfielder. Yeah. Would you rather bring in Sloan or Sheed? I, I mean, the price, obviously, there's about a 100k difference between them. I would I, rather... Oh, jeez. Sloan has a good ceiling. Does have a good ceiling. But uh, it's susceptible to tags. And Sheed is more unproven, and Gaff's coming back in, but also has a decent ceiling. And has 100k, or is 100k less yeah. expensive. I'd be going Sheed Sheed's in that the situation. Obvious choice, isn't I'd it? go Sheed, to be honest, because yeah. also... I feel like Sheed might even be... I'd be interested to see the ownership numbers, but I think Sheed might be owned slightly less than Sloan as well uh, at the at this point in the week. But, I mean, this is last-minute questioning, so you can uh, you can spend all the time you want trying to look up those stats, Matt. Uh, but, yeah, I think for some He's reason... Sheed's owned by 17.65% of teams. Yeah, so... He's not a point of difference exactly, no. but he's not as popular as a lot of other players going around at the moment. And I think at the end of the week that Sloan will have very high ownership numbers too, mate. Yeah. So I, I kind of like Sheed, to be honest. Make yourself some cash there. Yeah, that's um, my gut feel as well. Yeah. Um, which mentioned Tom Hickey quickly. Quickly, I mean, he was uh, he was really solid as well. Bounced back really well from last um, week. Chris Maston, ugh, move on. Um, <laughs> hey, yeah, I mean, it's just Chris Maston. Um, Elliot Yo was tagged and kept to a very low score, so that's something to watch out for for draft owners. I, if he's getting tagged regularly, he's not a salary cap guy, but I think he levels out when Gaff comes back in because teams have a real worry to like if they just let Gaff run rampant, he'll win games. Yeah, so he will. They can't do that. There's when there's those t- and the same with Luke Shuey to be honest like p- players will have to pay attention to Luke Shuey so the Eagles have three very good players that taggers will really have to go between in the match and Yo should score better than that going forward mm. um, anyone else you want to talk about? I just wanted to express my amazement that Petricelli got up to 70 yeah he did <laughs> he did really well I mean Oh, jeez. Did you see the running goal? That, I didn't. That know. was one of the ones. Oh, just look that up on the AFL highlights, mate. That was absolutely superb. It was incredible. Like, he. Sm- I can't remember who was trying to. I think it was Zach Williams trying to chase after him. Just destroyed him in a leg. And Williams leg was race. pretty fast. Oh, my God. It was ridiculous. It's like the Roadrunner. Just his legs turning over. He is very, very fast. Crazy. I'm actually quite pleased to see that he has a little bit of a ceiling because mm. I thought he was probably only that 50. Well, he's he's definitely got more job security at the moment. There's guys yeah. coming back in, but he is a real, you know, he's, he's a point of difference for the team. He's that extra flair. He's that extra, X-factor. you know, bit of skill. That X factor, exactly. That's he's the word the I was after. Makes it. So I think he's got more job security than some of the other youngsters at West Coast. Yep. 
Uh, all right, okay. so I think what we're going to do there is that's the last of the Saturday night games. We're going to break the podcast up right now. So uh, we'll be back in part two with the Sunday games, as well as some of your questions. And we're back with our favorite game, Risk It for the Biscuit. We're going to help you with some of the guys on your waiver wire for draft leagues. So join us next for part two of the podcast.